0: Welcome to Brillante, the podcast with a French accent, which gives a voice to women who move the lines. My name is Jeanne Dussartel, and between Zurich, where I live, and Paris, where I come from, my goal is to meet the sparkling, powerful, talented, and inspiring women with their typical backgrounds and beautiful projects, to understand what drives them and makes them move forward. Discussions that I hope will encourage you to think outside the box, cross your boundaries, and develop your own brilliant projects. In her second life, Alini Borges decided to use flowers to express her heart and creativity. On the eve of her 40th birthday, she left Brazil, her home country, and made Switzerland her new home. She left behind a successful career in fashion with one goal, to become the first artist in Switzerland to use flowers as a main tool. The florist at was born.
1: I just said, I want to become this person, I want to become the one that will make floristry be known and be something, it's a name, it's a trend, it's a desire. I want to have this, I want to create this in Switzerland, I will give it a try.
0: In Zurich, she revolutionizes the profession, Exit the street shop. Alini works in a design studio. She produces her buckets on demand or by subscription. She teaches her know-how and carries out all sorts of requests for brands or private clients. And Alini's work is so powerful that over time she even acquired the status of artist. I mean, I,
1: I would say everyone has different approach of how they feel and what it is to be an artist. But for me, it was more like I'm doing something that it's from my inner core. It's from my, from my soul. It's from, from who I am that is coming from inside of me to outside. So this is my art. So I would consider everyone that does that in a way kind of like an artist. But I, I just realized that I'm an artist. And I saw my work in a gallery.
0: <laughs> in this discussion, Alini recounts the success of the florist.ch that she launched in 2016. She details how she conceived and set up her business. Alini also describes the challenges of working with a living material as fragile as flowers and I ask her about the environmental impact of this globalized industry. We talk about entrepreneurship and its challenges and she explains how she's managed to make a place for herself and to create a network in this new country. Of course, you will also hear about her professional beginnings in Brazil, as she was working for 16 years in fashion, namely for Vogue or Harper's Bazaar. During this fascinating exchange, I discover strong and independent women, extremely ambitious and determined, a real artist with a wonderful taste. So come and discover this exciting environment of floristry, and learn from another successful entrepreneurial journey. The new episode of Brilliant is waiting for you. Dear. Aline, I wanted to say, but I think you don't pronounce it this way, actually. Aline, you say? Aline. Aline. Yeah. Thank you very much for welcoming me in your studio. Uh, Thank you for having me on your podcast. It (laughs) smells amazing from all the flowers. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's not so full of flowers. Actually, I was expecting more flowers, but only very, very beautiful ones. To start with, I would like to know what did you think when you heard this name, Brillante, for the first time? And if you have an example of a sparkling woman, someone that inspires you that you would like to tell me about. First of all, thank you for having me. And thank you for coming over
1: to to my atelier. Um, The reason we don't have much flowers here is because I work with sustainable floristry. So I have the client and then I go for the flowers. So I don't have waste. So that's the reason we just have the flowers that we will work with. So...
0: So the clients cannot expect to get the flowers in uh, in twenty four hours or twelve hours. You, uh, you need to wait a bit. And yeah, we 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 actually have can have it for twenty four hours before,
1: but we cannot have for the same day. For example, mm-hmm. it's it's quite difficult to work like this. And I I just decided to go for sustainable floristry when I I saw how many waste you can have in floristry. So yeah, I went to this this line. But let's come back to the question. So I think the name it's it's amazing. Briant it's light, lights it, light is something that brings everyone everyone's up. So I think the name is it's really represents the women that you are speaking with and many more women that we have out there. There are mothers and single mothers and um, young students and um, just brilliant women that we have and have their own roles in life and they are, might be not very known but they all do an amazing work and I think this is amazing and it represents it well.
0: How would you say this in, in Portuguese? Brilhante. Okay. Yeah, so it's very similar. Exactly. Yeah. That's and also what I liked. that it's in every language yes. you, can, yeah, you can have it. That's true. Mm.
1: And it's a very simple and, and and represents a woman very well, I would say
0: nice to hear (laughs) and do you have an example of a sparkling woman um as i heard on your podcasts before i knew that you would come with
1: this question i thought about that for like since you invited me uh for the podcast and it's so difficult to have one specific name i think i would say uh we have a very powerful woman out there I would talk about Michelle Obama. I really read her book and I think she's a brilliant woman. And also Melinda Gates, uh-huh. the wife of Bill Gates. I think she's also a brilliant woman. These we have,
0: public faces and really powerful women. They, yes, they're yeah.
1: very powerful. And of course, they have brilliant men as partners, but they are also very powerful and they are having their own personality and their own path. So it's not that they are who they are because of their husbands, they are who they are because the work that they do. So I think this is very, very amazing. And I am very inspired by these two women at the moment, but we have others. And yeah, in Zurich, especially, we have so many amazing women here.
0: And the are thousands. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Very great artists and yeah.
0: So for us to understand a bit more, where do you come from and everything about you, can you tell me where were you born and raised and how was it to be raised there? <laughs> okay, so I'm,
1: I'm half Brazilian, half Italian. I was born in Brazil. My mom and my dad, they are Brazilian and my granddad is Italian. So I was born and raised in Belo Horizonte until I was five years old, Belo Horizonte It's a city in the middle of Brazil, Mm -hmm. the state of Minas Gerais, Minas Gerais in Portuguese. It's kind of like the Switzerland of Brazil, I would say, because we have the biggest mountains. We have the best cheese in Brazil. We have a lot of farms there as well. But I came from the capital of the state. So it's Belo Horizonte is not small. I think it's even bigger than Zurich, to be honest, or Geneva. Mm -hmm. Um, but for us for Brazilians it, it's a small, it's place. small yeah. town it's a countryside town i would say but it's it, i i was i had like uh, a lot of friends in school and i have a sister and she's just one year behind me so we were very close and then my mom and my dad they got divorced when i was 5 and when i was 8 my dad got married again and he had two other children with this woman. They are my half-sisters, but we are super close by. So we are four. And um, I would say it's an international family because my dad moved away and we were traveling a lot to see everyone. And I had family in Brasilia, which is the capital of Brazil. I moved after a while to Sao Paulo. So I needed to come from Sao Paulo to Belo Horizonte to Brasília, and then my dad moved to Manaus, which is in Amazon Forest. Everything because of his work, he's an engineer. And then from Manaus, he moved to to Miami. So I was always traveling around. For us as kids, it makes us very independent, I would say.
0: you're not scared of living far away from your family now? Uh, No,
1: I'm used to it, actually. I mean, I miss them a lot. I really love them and, and I miss them but we grow up in a way that we had a lot of freedom to decide what to do and where to go and this never stopped us to you know feel like we could go everywhere and the love would be always be there for sure so
0: no problem <laughs> nice so I was wondering, because you are a really creative person, I, oh, thank you. I, I, yeah. can, I can see this from all the work that you're doing. <laughs> was it something that you already had as a child? Um, <laughs> that's funny. I was a kid,
1: I would consider myself a, a child that wasn't really happy to be a child. Uh, I was like kind of like a grown-up child. I was always very free with my speech and how I act. My mom used to say that I used to live in Land, So I had my own world and my own way of doing stuff. I, I wasn't very a girly girl. I was more like going for legal. I was playing with video games a lot. I was very, very creative, but I was always like wanting to become old for some reason. I don't know how to explain that to you or why is that. But I, I never thought I would go for the creative line. I mean, to create something from inside of my brain to put it outside. Mm-hmm. My desire as a kid was to be an astronaut first. And then, so I, I was with my head in the moon for sure. And then I thought I would be some kind of scientist or something um, I was always in this direction, so I didn't know that I would
0: end up like. So how comes from this from this more kind of scientific interest? Yeah, you actually ended up first in fashion. How did this happen? Well, um, I was always super tall. I'm one eighty one, <laughs> so
1: I was one day walking on a shopping mall, like very cliche story, but I was walking on a shopping mall in Brasilia. And I was invited to be uh, a model. Uh, Would you like to be a model? And I said, like, um, I don't know, maybe. And then I just went to the agency and I started to become a catwalk model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, like, very uh, tall when I was 14, 15 already. I already had, like, looking like a woman. Um, so this was good for the modeling career. But I wasn't very successful it's a tough work, especially if you are a kid, because you are still growing and you are a teenager and you you want to do a lot of stuff. But in the same way, you have these responsibilities. You cannot eat chocolate. You cannot gain weight. You need to take care of a lot of stuff. And as a kid, this is really tough. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I became a model. So that's why um, I end up for the V.S. of fashion, but I wasn't really looking, I did economics. You started
0: first being a model and then then you started your your studies and you thought, I'm going to study economics. Why actually did you choose economics? Because I had a vision in my head
1: that I would like to be one of these powerful women that works in the Wall Street, that has a team of like 20 people in front of them and I would be the boss.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, (laughs) so that's i don't know why economics Economics
0: might help for this i mean i would like
1: to work in a trade market Mm -hmm. i mean i don't even know what that was back then and i just i just had this vision of being someone that it's like kind of like powerful yeah the powerful woman i i had that back then but I, i had no idea and then i I was in the middle of the course and I said to myself, why? why, why end up doing this? But yeah, then I went to Bahia in Brazil. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know, it's like the north of Brazil. It's full of like beautiful beaches and everything. And I had a bar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like you were owning a bar.
1: Yeah, uh, when I was 20 something. And then I came back to my hometown and I said to my mom, mom "Can I just leave with you? Because I'm just broke, and I, I, I just had all my money gone." And my dad was furious, and he said, "Like I will never give you a, a one penny again. You need to work for yourself now, and you need to figure it out what you would do." He was furious for me with me for years. I mean, understandable. Now I th- I look back and I said, "Like how how crazy I was doing this." But then I end up coming back to my hometown, and I knew the people in fashion in my hometown. So what I started to do is like I started to knock in everyone's door and and ask if anyone needs an assistant. Like, look, I'm 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 here. I don't have an experience, but I'm I want to work and I really want to do this. Can you just like give me a job or can I help you with something? And it just starts to work, and I. I just start to see and realize what my strengths are. What are they? Um, I'm a hard worker. Mm -hmm. I have no fear of waking up 4 a.m. in the morning, carrying heavy bags or doing something that normally people would say like, oh, I, I I wasn't born for this. You know, the kids nowadays, they want to start from the top you know i i i had an example of one freelancer that i had and the girl was here with me working for 2 days and she said like she sent me an email i think your your business has a lot of potential but i'm not ready to be a handyman or career person and i said like sure this is her option but then how do i end up where i am I did everything. You can imagine. I did everything. I was like, really in the beginning, I was doing costumes for theater in my hometown. And then I did backstage for fashion shows and working as assistant for a beauty industry, carrying heavy bags because they have a lot of materials.
0: I guess this is the best way to just discover the industry, how it works. Exactly. And also discover your strengths. Because maybe you're just not the one you're not the best one to be on the top exactly you may be better in communicating or better in in just helping the others or better in in uh, yeah i agree many
1: different options and how can you be a boss if you don't know what your your team is doing is doing what the work is what
0: are they facing exactly
1: so it was really a good school for me as I i told you before i'm not an academic person in fashion. I I never studied uh, fashion, but um, I just end up studying in life. I think my life was like full of great examples and I learned a lot in fashion. It's a great, great school.
0: And it was a good way for you to be noticed, I guess, because one day Vogue called you as you were working from (laughs) Belo Horizonte. Yes, I was in Belo Horizonte. I had a
1: partner at the time and I just received a call on my phone and, and it was, her name is Silvana Holzmeister. She's, she was the editor in chief of the special editions for Vogue. And she called me and said like, Oh, I, I would like to speak with Aline. And I said that, that's her. So we are starting to cover Mina's trend preview, which was the fashion week from my hometown. And we need a local person to take care of the team, to prepare everything before the team arrives. So it's basically doing executive production. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what executive production was before. And I said like, of course, I I would love to do that, but let me check my agenda. And of (laughs) course I had nothing more special than this, but I just wanted to look like professional and it was funny. (laughs) And she's a friend now, she was a great teacher. And, and you discovered
0: by doing how it was to be a producer for that kind of event. Exactly. And yeah, it worked out.
1: You know, another strength that I, I think I have, it's when I think I can do it, I don't say no for it. And I might not know how to do it, but I figure it out. Mm-hmm. So this is something I always had.
0: You're not scared Not of scared. saying yes? No.
1: I mean, of course I failed my life several times, but I at least... I know that I did it, and I tried my best. And when I say something, when I say yes to something, I really go for it, and yeah. I put my head on it.
0: So when you are doing every something, you do it one hundred percent.
1: I do it one hundred percent, yes. And I think this helped me a lot in the fashion industry because people could see the effort that I was uh, putting, and something or the projects. So yeah. It helped.
0: So you were actually you stayed in the industry for quite some years you continued working for Vogue you also worked for other magazines. Yes so what happened was
1: that I was in my hometown doing this for Vogue for like four years and one time they invited me to come to Sao Paulo to start to produce the editorials in Sao Paulo. So I, I had a time a period in my life that I was in between the two cities and then I moved definitely to Sao Paulo. And then what happened is that the Condé Nast came to Brazil. So the publisher of Vogue ended up losing the, the name to Condenasti because it's mm-hmm. theirs. Condé Nast, Vogue. Yeah. And then she decided she ended up doing um, the, the negotiation with Hearst to bring Harper's Bazaar. So that's how Harper's Bazaar started in Brazil. So I was since the first edition. I'm working for them. And in Harper's Bazaar I was the fashion coordinator. So I was taking care of all the tutorials, all the pictures, everything that was image in the picture was my work.
0: If you have to take one thing that you learned in this industry, fashion, hmm. what is it? It's, it's a difficult industry. Yes, it's very not difficult. an easy one. No. It's uh, very competitive.
1: Yeah. I learned that you really need to stand out. How do you do that? You... First of all, be honest on what you can do, how you do your job, and how creative you can be, and work hard as hard as you can.
0: This is your motto, right? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: It is. I mean,
0: how important is it for you, fashion?
1: Well, it was part of my life for like 15 years, but I would say I was so happy to move to a country that it's more relaxed. I was always very minimalistic, so I was never like a brand uh, look forward to. But I always wanted to use very comfortable clothes and things that are natural. But I always needed to be look good, and you know, when you work there, you need to at least it's your window, right? So you need to present yourself well, especially when you are in a in a fashion week. But um, here now, I'm so happy. I'm not. <laughs> But of course, every season I look what the trends are and what's going on. And I have my. Yeah, you cannot desires. erase completely a part of your life like no. this, I guess. <laughs> I guess. No. And I have my, my favorite stuff from that era and mm-hmm. I still use them and I love them. So like, give yeah.
0: me one example.
1: Um, well, my bags from Celine. Um, I have my Trent coat from from Burberry. That are like
0: yeah. I I was a always few iconic uh, pieces that yeah. you that you keep. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I
1: was very traditional always. I mean, in this way, I wasn't very crazy or colorful. I I think I always thought I was too tall, and if I used too much, I would look like a Christmas tree somehow. So I my, even my earrings or never use like red lipstick. lipstick, or... lipstick yeah.
0: So explain me. After 16 years working for fashion in Brazil, you decide to move. You come to Europe. You choose Switzerland out of nowhere. Can you explain me a bit what was the process? How come you chose Switzerland like this? Yeah, I think
1: Switzerland chose me, actually. So what happened was Brazil was in a very bad situation economically and i was doing the campaigns for one of the biggest beauty brands in brazil that is the same group as asop and the budgets were going down and down and down and i was like guys i cannot make miracle i know the situation is bad but i need to pay the team and we need to you know it To to live exactly
0: it was back in 2016 right
1: 2015 it was I was always looking for some place out of Brazil but 2015 was the year that I decided okay I'm not staying here anymore. Yeah. And 2016 was like the the starting of the search. Okay, let's I'm almost turning 40. I need to leave the country before I'm 40 because if
0: I don't do it now I will not do it. It's quite powerful because, I mean, in many cases, when when someone is moving, it's because there is a reason, there is a job, there is an offer, there is someone to follow. But for you, it was just you needed a place. You need to find everything. Yeah. I mean, it had a reason.
1: It's just that I wasn't like that strong to go for it before Mm -hmm. because I was comfortable in Brazil. I had a great life. I had a great job. I was successful. I was happy. But then I, for some reason, started to not be happy, being happy anymore. And I just, okay, it's now and ever because I was getting old. And I understand your point. But um, you
0: had no choice.
1: Yeah, I had no choice. I would say that. Yeah. I never felt 100% like the Brazilian culture in my work, I was always very organized, very on time, very structured and, and precise. precise. People are like, "Alini, you need to relax. You need to, you know, <laughs> let, More let it flow. <laughs> and I was like, uh, no, I want, like, I, I am like that. You know, I like it. I like to have everything under control. I, I know life doesn't allow you to do that. I have several examples in my life that shows me that, but... At least on my career, I like to have like, okay, now I would do this, next month it would be this, this and this, and next year I make some plans. Let's say that it works sometimes, sometimes it doesn't.
0: <laughs> so you you follow your sister in Italy?
1: Yeah, my sister was doing her PhD in Bologna. I came to visit her. Then I was... Because I'm half Italian, right? So I didn't have my passport because I never needed. it. So I needed to stay in Europe for at least 20 days to the process of the passport. So I decided to come to the closest country, which was Switzerland. And I have this friend from Belo Horizonte. she She's like a teenager friend. She got married with the Swiss. And I said, like, look, I'm coming to visit Switzerland. Let's meet. I miss you. I know. I want to know everything about it. I said sure come just come over and I came to Zurich and I arrived here and I was like oh my god that city is made for me it's so organized it's so on time the trams with the time that they will arrive and uh, everything is so clean and this little bus that comes and clean the 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 the, street, the streets morning, yes, yes. Yeah. I thought that oh this country is so perfect yeah it's almost scary Yes. <laughs> I mean, I love it because in Brazil I always had something on my back that somehow blocked me because
0: it was disturbing you. The way everything was working it's was too disturbing. chaotic.
1: Yeah. And I couldn't ever be a hundred percent creative or leave my creativity be a hundred percent there because I was always afraid of something else.
0: So you need this structure, these rules, and this, this kind of order to be creative. Yes,
1: to create the disorder inside of me.
0: That's
1: interesting. It's, yeah, it's very me. I mean, I need to have the balance to be 100% creative. Maybe because I'm Libra, I don't know. <laughs> For example, São Paulo is a very, very dangerous city. So if we are doing, if we're thinking about an editorial... And I want to do in a tunnel that has all these graffitis around. You need to think so many things before you do that. You need to have security. What time you do it? It's so dangerous. Someone can just come with a, with a gun and try to rob everything and everyone. And it's, we have like so many expensive
0: equipment. So it's, you know, and here you don't have this kind of issues yeah. It's true that your, your mind is, is free and then you can just focus on the interesting things. Yes, it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel like part
1: of the society and as, as a citizen and everything will be cared. Don't You don't need to worry, just do your part mm-hmm. and everything will be fine. And in Brazil, it's not like that at, at all. It's like a jungle.
0: So you felt in love with Switzerland?
1: I fell in love with Zurich. Yeah, with Zurich. Zurich was work before. I had no idea about Switzerland. Like, I even didn't know that Switzerland wasn't speaking German. I thought it was high German. And then I figured out that <laughs> Swiss German is the language. It's completely different. Yeah. yeah. I had this... I was on the third day here visiting my friend and we were having a great time. I was in front of the Grossmünster. And I had this feeling, like really strong feeling inside of my chest that I can't explain it, but it was more like I belong in this place, so I needed to come somehow. And after that, things just started to happen. So I had this friend, he had a room available in his apartment starting from December. It was October when I came so um, I was like, that that's meant to be. I will get this room, and then I figured it out what I would do. And I had my house, my apartment in in Brazil. One of my best friends in Brazil was moving from Rio. She got a job in São Paulo, and she was looking for a place to stay. And I said to her, like, listen, stay in my house, and just pay me something, and I could keep my house in Brazil, and could manage to have my apartment here, and I gave myself one year to see if I would move it definitely. So the florist wasn't in my mind yet. I was just like trying
0: to figure it out, if it would work for me. So in your your plan was to stay in fashion at the time? Yes. So you were trying to find jobs in the field? And- yes. Yes. Little by little, the idea of the florist came. No, <laughs> it was from one day to
1: the other that I decided to become a florist. Um, so what happened was I, um, I, I came, I started to to see what fashion means in Switzerland. It's a very small world. It has amazing people working in fashion here, but it's a super, super small and closed world. And as I didn't speak the language, uh, it was a little bit tough for me they they were very amazed about my portfolio, but nobody knew who I was and what I was doing here. And, and people just didn't know you. And when they don't know you, it's tough to, you know, get close and get some...
0: Create a name for yourself in yeah, a place for yourself.
1: To, to get your network. Mm-hmm. And then I was quite in a limbo, I would say for around four months. I was like, trying to figure out what to do. And I didn't pressure myself too much because I knew something would come because that's how I am. I'm I'm, I'm very optimistic. And I, I think if you have a, a good heart, you don't need to worry too much. You just do the right thing and keep doing it. It will happen. Even if you fail, then you do it again and it might come right. So... I was like making research every single day. I woke up and I was getting my computer and trying to figure it out. I knew that I would like to stay in the creative industry because that's my life. And I like like to work with textures and colors and, and photography. And I like to look, to beauty. So I like museums, and I like art, and I like architecture, and that's my world. So I made a big research about everything. And then I saw this trend of florists from the UK that are coming from fashion industry. And I think it's a, it's a trend from, from different directions. For example, you have great makers that also are men coming from other industries and
0: so these people you're talking about are making an art out of the exactly. flower tree yes yes
1: they're artists yeah. and they use the flowers as their material and i thought this is genius and
0: do you have an, a name of someone that was oh, inspiring yeah, do... you
1: yeah, I have several names, but the one that got my eyes, her name is Rebecca Louise Law. She is fantastic. Yeah, she I want to be her when I grow up. <laughs> she's like, fine. oh, thank you yeah. very much. That's very <laughs> nice from you. I mean, she studied art and then I know everything about her life. Yeah, she's um, really an artist and she describes an herself artist. as an artist. She did. It. She, she did art school. So she just went to floristry and and you start to use the material as her art. But she's an artist, yeah. Yeah. She has very her own personality and that's what I want to
0: become. So you discovered her work and you thought, actually, this is what I want to become. This is what I want to do. Yes. And you're this kind of person that doesn't need a thousand days to make choices. No. And (laughs) (laughs) you decided like this. It's going to be flowers. Exactly. Yeah. So, um
1: I also th- saw a lot of these installations, like the flower installations and I thought like this is amazing. I want to learn how this is.
0: Because this is exactly this what works. she's doing this uh, Rebecca Louise Lowe, she's really using all the walls and the ceilings and the, ceilings and, and the flowers and are uh, hanging. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. It's, it's really gorgeous. like... And it's more about like um, the texture
1: that it brings and the color that it brings than the flower itself. She just mm-hmm. use it as materials, as we said, but it's massive installations and she covers the whole ceiling and she does this gigantic installations and i think it's just amazing and i'm very curious about how can you use one organic
0: material and make a texture and something out of it so you were not scared about just completely changing your industry even if you were staying in the creative one but changing like this from fashion to flowers no i i mean
1: i have a lot of fear but i never let it speak to me I'm always very positive and I know I'm a hard worker. So if I I decide to do something, I go into the end and then I analyze, okay, Alini, it didn't work. Like the bar I had, for example, it didn't work. So I came back to my mom and I said like, mom, listen, I'm just passing through this, but I was very young when it happened. But um, I knew somehow inside of me, I needed to give it a chance Mm -hmm. for some reason. I don't know even how to explain to you I just decided that floristry especially here i i searched and i couldn't find anyone that was doing this kind of work that these amazing artists are doing in london or in australia or in asia i couldn't find any name in switzerland so i said like i could i could become this one it's a niche so i was just trying to have my go, and i was actually really surprised the name the florist was available like the florist like It was available and I was like, oh my God, that's amazing that's meant to be. And when I had the idea of becoming a florist, I already had the idea of how my brand will would look like because my head works like this. it was always like this even for the editorials. I can see the image.
0: You have a vision? I have
1: a vision. Of, but, of course, to explain that, it's a little bit tough and I pass through some you know, ways and some paths. Yeah. yeah. But I have it very clear inside of me. I can see it. So if I can see it, I can make it happen. That That's really... So what were the first steps? To get trained first? Yeah. So I woke up. I was with my ex-boyfriend at the time. And um, I said to him, like, okay, I know what I would do in Switzerland. I will become a florist. And he said, like, are you out of your mind? I mean, you have this amazing portfolio in fashion. You just, like, change your career out of the blue like that. And I said, like, yeah, because I'm giving a try in fashion and it's not working. So, yeah, I decided to become a florist. And then he he was, you're crazy. I don't know any any anything about florists i don't have even a name in floristry that is like in my mind already Mm -hmm. so i just said i want to become this person i want to become the one that will make floristry be known and be something it's a name it's a trend it's a desire i want to have this i want to create this in switzerland i will give it a try so then I made a research and I found out that the schools in London, they are very um, free in a way that you learn how to do free floristry. So it's more wild. It's more, you leave the nature a little bit be. Of course, you learn all the techniques, but it's not too structured, too in a box, too much controlled. But you have your own style, And they let this be very free for every student. So I did two schools there. It was literally the best thing, best time I had in my life. It was blowing my mind. The possibilities and what you can have and what you can do. Also, like how to present it. Because I think one thing I have as a different differential my Instagram is very created because I had this background in photography for editorials in fashion. So I would say I know what work with what and what color palette would, you know, would work and, and how you present your work is also very important. So in the schools I did in London, you also learn like about color palettes, about um, how photography for floristry works how you change the color of the background and you change the whole mood of the photo and this was very amazing for me and how to do this massive installations
0: so it was already schools that were kind of made to become artists it's not the case of every florist to be artists When you are a normal florist with a shop these people are not necessarily seeing themselves as artists but i think you were since the beginning taking this field as an artistic field right yeah
1: i always had the vision that i i I didn't want to have a store that was my first no-go yeah no store even if i have a ground floor place because now we are on the third floor in the building that is a little bit hided and it's, it's a gem as you can see it has a beautiful garden in the back it would be more like a showroom mm-hmm. I don't want to be known as this average florist because nothing wrong with that it's just not my goal mm-hmm. because I need to put my creativity out and I need to have the feedback from the clients that my art is an art, even if it's with flowers, and if it, even if it's the bouquet. So the florist now we have two divisions. So we have the everyday delivery. We do the bouquets. We do deliveries for for the everyday. So and it's
0: everything online, basically. Just everything for...
1: online, yes. Yeah. So you can buy it online, or you can send me a, a, an email or
0: a WhatsApp or a
1: WhatsApp or Instagram. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, but you cannot come and buy. It's by appointment. And we also have this new approach of Alini Borges as this the creative director of the florist, but as an artist. So I just made an exhibition in a gallery.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Galerie L. Galerie L,
0: yeah. Actually, that's why I was comparing you to Rebecca Lowe, oh. uh, Louise Lowe, because uh, it was this kind of installations yeah. in a in a gallery. So this yes. is the... This really shows that you are considered as an artist. Oh,
1: thank you. Yeah. It's something new for me. I always wanted, but I never thought, okay, I'm an artist now. now. Yeah. Yeah. And I even thought with my, I I spoke with my dad and my family and my mom. And I said like, okay, now I'm an artist because I just have my work in a gallery, in an art gallery.
0: Is it this to become an artist? Do you need your... No, of
1: course not. Um...
0: Isn't it the creativity first? I mean what is it to be an artist for you? I
1: mean you just feel like you are one and you are one it's it's a it's a complicated question actually. I would say everyone has different approach of how they feel and what it is to be an artist mm-hmm. but for me it was more like I'm doing something that it's from my inner core it's from my from my soul it's from who I am that is coming out from inside of me to outside. So this is my art.
0: So this is your expression, your exactly. way to express yourself.
1: Exactly. So I would consider everyone that does that in a way kind of like an artist. Mm-hmm. But I, I just realized that I'm an artist so you when have... I saw my work in a gallery.
0: <laughs> so you have the artistic parts, you have these deliveries, which are just if you want to buy one bouquet or you can also have a subscription. Yes, Exactly you're working for different
1: clients I do like private clients cooperative clients agencies exactly. and so in Zurich yeah. you've
0: been working for Kose, uh, Oh,
1: I did cause. Uh, I did Rituals Kalita, I did Kalida yeah, yeah exactly I did several brands last year
0: were, were you planning actually you, you were creating a business plan for yourself and you knew you had all these different ways to di- <laughs> diversify yourself
1: I mean if I say I don't have a business plan would you believe? <laughs> I mean... I really uh, (laughs) have
0: no judgment on
1: this. (laughs) Okay, so as a creative, I'm not very organized in the business model. I had a company before, but it was a different type of company. So I was more structured before, I would say. And it was in my language. It was in my country, in my culture. I knew everything. But now I had the idea of what I would like to do. And I, I made a small mood board because I had a, a person that helped me with the branding. So it was a graphic designer and creative director. He, he helped me to find the, the, the font and if the name is correct, what color we would go for, for the bags. But I had the bags in my head already. And I needed to do that for the team that created my web, website. So that was my my business plan. Mm-hmm. So I had the idea that I, I would have the workshops. Yeah, because the also, delivery.
0: We can also learn how to do uh, yes bookets and stuff. I, I
1: teach yeah. that, yeah. I'm not I, I was planning to do this semester, but I'm not doing anymore because of COVID. But I'm I'm doing it on Zoom again. Mm-hmm. But I had the idea of what I would like to do, yeah. But of course, more ideas come and some works better than others. So the, the business came and last year, it was the real year of the business. It was the first year that I had the business working 100%. So I could, this year with the lockdown and everything that happened, I could have a better vision of how to move forward forward with the florist Mm -hmm. so i would say the business more mature yeah Yeah. it has good
0: points like to take the time to really think about what you're doing to to be able to reflect on your on your job and how you how you're going forward yeah Yeah. i would say so it's important actually i think everyone should do that you became an entrepreneur but you had been already actually before so is it something that you always wanted to do you work better as an independent i think so I'm not very good in being in an
1: office doing the time and I would say that's that's a fault that I have. I'm very tough <laughs> in a way that I have my strong opinions and it's not that I can change my opinion. I can, but I'm, I know that when I have a good idea, the idea is good. So for you to change my mind, you need to have like a very good point, but I will listen to you. But then I worked for, for Hoppe's Bazaar as a, as a employee for them for like three years. We had these meetings and everything, but it always worked better for me when I was like...
0: So you need the freedom.
1: Yeah, I like the freedom.
0: And you were not scared about creating a business uh, in a country that you don't know.
1: Absolutely. Uh, with <laughs> rules
0: that you don't know, language that you don't oh, know. Yeah. This is quite... I'm, I'm always impressed by this part. <laughs> it, it's Thank true. You. It's really... It's... it's um, I mean, the last interview that I did, I was I was talking about this with Larissa Topalo, and she was saying like, you know, when you create a business, it's like if you're on a cliff and you have to jump, mm. and and when you are doing this in a country that is not yours, it's like if you're on the cliff and you don't see what is happening, you don't even see the water, yeah. but you have to jump.
1: Exactly. I would I would give you an example. So I was speaking with a friend. He was asking me the same question. Wasn't you scared or? How did you do it? And I was just like, you know, you have these tourists that comes to Rio de Janeiro and they just walk freely and they have no idea how dangerous and how tough the city is and what can happen to them because he was in Brazil. So um, I said, like, I, I myself don't go to Rio for more than 10 years because I think there is the, the most dangerous place in the world. So you know the fear, you know how dangerous it is. So I think when I started the business, I had, I had no idea what I was getting in my, myself into. You need to be naive. Exactly. So I was very naive and I was just brave. Mm-hmm. And I have the courage and bravery to do it. And I
0: just did it. And it's working, <laughs> thank God. It's working because... And it's not only the path that it's in Switzerland, which is not your country... Yeah, uh, and it was a country where you just moved in like a yeah. few, few months ago but on top of it floristry is really a difficult industry it I is. think yes. so I, I don't know so much about it but I'm happy to listen to you Yeah. flowers are one of the most perishable goods ever like even yeah. more than some meats and fish and stuff exactly can you explain to me how you deal with this where first of all where do you buy the flowers how do you select them How do you store them? And you were saying that you you are kind of uh, looking for the environment, well, ecologically friendly, floristry. What does it mean? Okay, so um, sustainable floristry,
1: it's a little bit tough when you work in a country that has the four seasons because you have seasons that you don't really have flowers. Mm -hmm. So what I try to do is in the beginning, what they they teach you in the school is that you can have different wholesales and farmers and people that you can approach that are breeding the flowers and you can grow your own flowers as well if you have space but switzerland is a little bit tough in a way that we don't have much farmers we have some great ones here and it's growing but um In summertime, it's a little bit more difficult. Spring is is paradise. This year was tough because the lockdown was in spring. So we had like tons of flowers going to the trash because no one was buying them or the -hmm. store was closed. It was tough to see it. But yeah, I, I lost myself. So I get the flowers from different wholesales. It depends on the type of the flowers. It depends on what work I
0: will do and
1: what we have in season
0: because i mean you can when a supermarket gets flowers they are getting flowers from kenya from ethiopia from, from yeah. south africa are you also no. having flowers from all over the world or are you taking all care over the world, yeah
1: yes um the hub from from floristry in europe is the wow. netherlands yeah so you have an auction there and you have big wholesales there They work with bigger farmers. I like to work with the small farmers, like people that are like me. They do because they have the passion for that. So we have great farmers in the south and the north of Italy. We have French people. But then we have the difficulty that Switzerland has the border and the taxes and everything. So sometimes, depending, I even did... I, I I traveled myself, I bought in the farms and I brought it inside of my car, yeah. and I did what I wanted to do. And also, depending on the season, we have these amazing farmers in Switzerland. So it's more like I try to diversify myself as much as I can to have the best quality I can have. Mm-hmm. I like to search for the best flowers, the most amazing colors the most amazing shapes and what people are breeding the flowers together to create new amazing colors. Mm -hmm. And this is a world that inspires me a lot. So sometimes when I'm at home, I just start to search in the internet what the farmers are doing. You always have the best flowers from some countries, for example, the roses from Colombia, I would say they are the The most beautiful ones, they look almost like velvet and they're massive, they're huge. But we have the dahlias here in Switzerland that they just grow beautifully. And we have one farm that I didn't work with them yet, but I want to work there near Geneva. And I'm planning to go there to visit them next spring. They just have the amazing dahlias. It's just beautiful. So it comes from all over.
0: So you don't have this rule, like I only take the ones that are from Europe or any, it's not no. possible. No, it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm asking this because I find it interesting that you you were saying that you don't want to have extra amounts of flowers that you're not using. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So you are just buying them when you need them. Yeah. I think this is clever because also flower tree is often criticized because it's, because of its impact on the environment. I agree. Because of. Of course, when these flowers come from... It's almost like slavery. Yeah, there's yeah. slavery. And when they come from the other part of the world and they need to take a plane or yeah. to be shipped or it's... It's it's a it crazy has a big, world. Yeah. It, has, it has a big impact for the environment for yeah. something that could be seen as futile. It's yes. art, but it's also something that is uh, ephemer. I don't know how we say it. yeah. Ephemero in Portuguese.
1: <laughs> so... Um, I ag- I agree with you and I see your point and I also thought a lot about that when I started my business like a lot of people don't like cut flowers because they are something that just go away really fast and have this huge impact on the world but I mean it's tough to think that they are just so beautiful and when I thought about like creating the box for example I think people want to send flowers for a reason You always send some flowers with a card and the card with a message. So you're not sending a feeling than the flowers itself. Of course, the flowers help. It's just making it more beautiful. But it's creating this feeling and this message and making this message a little bit more important. But um, you always have the two sides of the coin, right? I'm not a vegan, I'm not a vegetarian. And I respect the people that are and I want also people to respect me the way I am. But I try to do as much as I can to be as much responsible I can for the world. But it's tough to think like I'm not doing the cut flowers because of the impact on the environment. They are there. And they the fact that I'm not doing it will not change the system
0: somehow it could and help you are, not, you are not creating huge amounts of buckets how many buckets are you sending every month for instance oh i have no idea i would say like 15 to 20 a day 15 to 20 a day yeah. which is already quite a lot yeah. doing all of them by yourself
1: i do them all by
0: myself last year i had
1: people working with me but this year we have a very reduced team so i have freelancers that work with me just when i have like a really tough day but normally I wake up at 4 35 a.m in the morning and my day normally has 13 to 15 hours so
0: yeah <laughs> you said it you are a hard, a hard worker work. <laughs> and you are sending these bouquets in bags to yeah. the, um, super beautiful Thank white you. and white and black
1: they are actually green and and black it's a I call it the florist green so you have the okay. blue the tiffany blue we have the the flowers green. I will show you
0: because it's not easy to you know to transport the flowers and to, to because you are delivering all of them. W- was it the most the easiest way for you, or was it just the most beautiful way? When I thought about the bag, for me is uh, the bag represents
1: when you give a present to someone a gift, you always give it in a bag. So I thought why the flowers should be different, and I just didn't want to go for this uh, structured bag. I would like to go more for the shopping bag, which makes more sense for me when it comes to a gift. Mm -hmm. So I came up with this idea of the the bag to be like giving the flowers, giving the feelings inside of a shopping bag. I thought that would be a good good idea. It's working. I I guess it works. (laughs) Yeah, it's working.
0: So as we said, you settled your own business in a place that was not yours, but you went for it and it worked. Yeah, at least it's it looks- working. <laughs> Can you give me some tips? Like some, um, uh, some things that, you, that that worked well. So for instance, you have a powerful marketing. Yeah. As you said, you, you're really controlling your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Your identity is strong and you have many followers on Instagram. You have over, over 14,000 people following you. How did you do in such a small time to create such a community?
1: This is also a school I had in fashion because I worked with so many brands and I saw how the brands were positioning themselves. But I saw it from the other side from the magazine. It was a great school for me. So what, what I think about uh, when, you, when you do branding, you need to create a desire. So that's what I thought about when I was creating The Florist. I need to create In people's mind, the desire that the florist, it's something nice. And how could I do it with image? And how do I present my product? So that's what I thought about when I was creating also the website. And you think it was enough for you to create such a community? This was the key. It was the key. And I think flowers are beautiful. So you don't need to make much effort to have a lot of followers I would say it's like cats. They're just getting so many followers and it's just crazy. So the community came because I had a lot of time in the beginning. I don't have much time to spend on Instagram anymore, but I was like presenting myself and I was going to people and I was seeing similar uh, Instagrams and I was like looking for what they were doing, how they were doing it, why they were successful. And I just... Try to do similar things that they were doing and, and it
0: worked. And what are your other things? Like, uh, do you, you created maybe partnerships or uh, do you have, how did you also create your network hmm. and how important is your network here?
1: Yeah, I'm Brazilian. As a Brazilian, as a good Brazilian, we like to talk a lot and we like to be open and go for it. I was just in the beginning Reaching people like, hi, my name is Alini. I would like to meet you. I was sending DMs as crazy to everyone that I thought somehow would inspire me or someone that I thought would be interesting to meet as I had not many friends or not many people that I knew in Switzerland when I moved in. So I start to reach people and say, "Look, I'm doing this now. Would you like to do something? Would you like to do a collaboration? But I never... I never went through the influencers. I went to artists and people that inspired me.
0: Do you think that the fact that Switzerland and Zurich is a small place helped you oh, there? Oh, it did,
1: yeah. And I think the fact that ha- we have a great community of like, amazing women here, it helped a lot as well. We might not be friends or we might not be close, but we know that they are there. And we know that they are doing an amazing job. Mm -hmm. At least I do. And they are so open with each other and want to help each other in a way that I never saw it. And I think this is very special in, in Switzerland, in Zurich especially. Because in Brazil it's very competitive. So I didn't have this good environment that women helped women. We are for each other, but we are, okay, you are there and I'm here.
0: Yeah, you need to fight more. I yeah. guess. When there is more people, bigger cities. Of course, as you said, like there there was no one doing what you wanted to do here. Exactly. But if you were in London or if you were maybe in Brazil, there would be maybe someone already thinking about the more same, various, yes. Yeah. Even people here that I
1: consider kind of my competitors. I would have two beautiful, great women that they do like great jobs in floristry. I'm friend with them in a way that we share contacts, we share mm-hmm. the passion for the same thing, and we have so many d- d- different styles that it doesn't really matter because we have space for everyone. So I want everyone to be successful. I want them to do, to to rise and shine as I do, and I'm I'm sure they do the same because. It's very open and very nice relationship.
0: So as we are talking about the business part, there is also something that is interesting. We understood that you were exclusive. You're working as an artist. You are working with extremely beautiful flowers. You have high prices for this. Yeah. Was it clear for you that you would position yourself like this? I would say flowers in Switzerland is a luxury. Yeah.
1: The way I positioned myself was always, I like to work with excellence and great product so I want to deliver the best I can do and it means from the beginning until the end it needs to be impeccable but I always I knew that I was going for this direction when I started I didn't want to be an average florist uh, I would say I liked quality I like it myself
0: and when you are working for clients is it a problem for you to set up your prices? Uh-huh. How My good price. are you
1: in negotiation? In the beginning was tough. It's always difficult for you as an artist to put yourself a price.
0: I think it's difficult for every Everyone. single entrepreneur
1: yeah. to
0: set up a price for yourself and for your work.
1: That's true. I always think I could be more expensive because it's not just the hours that I'm working right now that counts. It's... My whole background, my whole past, the schools I did, the money I spent doing this, like courses, and all my experiences in my life count. So it's tough to measure. I I struggle in the beginning because I, I Switzerland is a country that I had no idea about any prices, and I didn't make a research about the prices around me because I had no reference that did what I'm doing. I have, of course, all the florists, but I, I wasn't putting myself in the same layer as they because I'm just different. So I was struggling. And I think in the beginning, I didn't charge enough. First of all, because people didn't know my my work and didn't know me. Mm-hmm. So it was difficult to put the price that I think was fair. But now I think I'm getting there. To so I'm happy. Time. Yeah, because service is something that is really difficult to measure the price, right? So what I do is like I, I get everything I spend with the rentals and the flowers and everything. And I try to put the work I do and how much I want to charge for my hour on the top of it. But as a creative, I am not good with numbers. I Even doing economics, but... Um, I think, in the end, it it's starts work.
0: You're getting there. Yeah, I'm getting there. So we are coming to the last part of the interview now. Okay. I'm going to ask you some short questions. Yes. First of all, how do you stimulate your creativity? Huh, that's a great question. I have
1: several ways. I have the completely doing nothing I need that, which means I need to stay at home, like with my cats doing nothing. This, for me, it's like very important. I also search a lot in other industries, for example, architecture and art. That stimulates me a lot. Nice.
0: Do you have a tip to take care of the flowers?
1: Yes, several.
0: (laughs) So important
1: is to always have the vase clean and change the water every second day. Don't let the water get turfed and cut the end of the stems two to three centimeters every time you change the water. And you clean the stems as well. You clean the vase, clean the stems and put clean water. Don't put too much water as well. And also don't let any leaf come inside of the water. This makes your flowers die faster.
0: And this one I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brazil, uh, Switzerland, where do you feel at home?
1: Switzerland, it's crazy. I love Brazil, don't get me wrong. I love to be, you know what I love about it? It's being a tourist in Brazil. <laughs> <It's>
0: <laughs> yeah, now you best. became, I guess. Yes, yeah.
1: it's the best. Just go there, spend the best time, go to the beautiful places and come back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what has been the most difficult part in all this process? Oh, understand how to respect
1: the alive element I'm working with. I need some time to understand the material and to see how it behaves and what can I do and until when can I go with it. It was very important for me. And I needed a year because you have the whole cycle of the seasons Mm -hmm. so you can understand the whole year. You can also work with the dry ones, but I'm talking about the alive flowers. It's challenging, let's say that.
0: If you were a man for 24 hours, what would you do? Oh, <laughs> I would
1: maybe talk with the men that are around me and with the girl and try to understand how the man had behaves with different talks and different like environments. And Sorry. I would like to understand why why can men not do like, two things at the same time. How can they be so 100% focused in one, one thing and forget about the world around? That would be nice.
0: What are you proud of?
1: I'm pr- I'm proud of myself. <laughs> I'm proud to feel like I did it. I don't know how, but I, I just did it. And I I'm keep on going. It just makes me want to go further and further. That's what I'm proud of. To have this hunger for what is coming
0: and finally who would you like to listen to in this podcast oh well we have so many great
1: women out there maybe I would like to listen to Lauretta Sutter she is a photographer and I love her work and she's she's very young and I would like to understand how her creative process is she's kind of a friend I think she's just brilliant and I, I love her work I would listen to her maybe
0: very nice <laughs> I heard her name many times already well thank you very much thank you we had a long conversation yes, and I it was been. really interesting thank you it was a pleasure bye bye that's it our discussion is over I hope you've enjoyed it Please rate this podcast with five stars. Give it a nice comment and share it around you to minimum two friends or colleagues. It's precious. And I hope that Alini's courage and bravery have inspired you to follow your own dreams. A bientôt sur Brillante.